Welcome to Songcraft, conversations with great songwriters. I'm Paul Duncan. And I'm Scott B. Bomar. Songcraft brings you in-depth interviews with the men and women who've put pen to paper, hands to keyboards, and fingers to strings to create lyrics and music that stand the test of time. You probably know their names, and you definitely know their songs. We bring you their stories. You can hear all our episodes, check out our bonus content, sign up for our email list, and contact us directly at songcraftshow.com. Also, please take a moment to like us at facebook.com slash songcraftshow and follow us on Twitter at songcraftshow. You're listening to Sinner's Serenade, written and recorded by our guest on this episode of Songcraft, Emmy Sunshine. The 13-year-old singer and multi-instrumentalist first came to prominence in 2014 after a video of her performance at a flea market in her native East Tennessee went viral. Emmy, who was nine at the time, was invited to perform on the Today Show with her family band. Since then, she has released several albums, built up a catalog of over 100 original songs, and has performed on the stage of the legendary Grand Ole Opry over a dozen times. Influenced by Americana, bluegrass, and Appalachian roots music, Emmy has performed alongside personal heroes such as Loretta Lynn, Willie Nelson, Ricky Skaggs, Marty Stewart, and others. Though steeped in musical traditions of the past, Emmy is bringing her music to a new generation. With over a half million Facebook followers and millions of YouTube views, she's introducing the deepest roots of America's music to her own generation. The Chicago Tribune wrote, Emmy Sunshine is no tween novelty. Emmy is a throwback to earlier eras of country music. With a sharp Appalachian streak in her voice, she's a strikingly powerful vocalist with potent phrasing. Her brand new album, Ragged Dreams, features 15 original songs produced by Emmy and is available now on Little Blackbird Records. As our listeners know by this point, most of our interviews are with uh, people who we would consider legends in the game. You know, a lot of writers who have been around for decades and decades and, and amass these giant catalogs and, and closets full of awards. And, um, but there's something really cool about getting the chance today to talk to somebody who is kind of still just at the front end of their career. Uh, Emmy Sunshine, who is so at the front end of her career that she's only 13 years old. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And... You know, I think the last time that I talked to a 13 year old girl, maybe I was about 14, you know, (laughs) but it's the thing that's that's amazing about talking to Emmy is that on the one hand, you're like, yeah, I'm talking to a 13 year old girl because she's she's like very bubbly. She's got, you know, all this personality. She's very like you could just hear kind of all the 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 hope and the enthusiasm. and, And, you know, she obviously approaches her career very seriously, but also with a lot of just kind of zest for right. for life. Um, but, you know, on the other hand, she also is wise beyond her years. I mean, to be able to write um, all these songs and to focus on on a career. So it's an interesting experience to, to talk yeah. to a kid who in many ways is is an average kid, but in, in other ways is very unique. Well, yeah, and you talk about the kind of bubbly nature and the, the vibrancy and even the name Emmy Sunshine. But then you go and listen to the music and there's this there's this depth there and even this darkness yeah there's some dark stuff this For this, sure. this kid has tapped into some uh, some long traditions of uh, murder ballads <laughs> and like all kinds <laughs> of like uh, it's it's uh, it's a little eyebrow raising yeah and and just that kind of high lonesome sound of her voice um, really does harken back to, to some, some of the roots of country music. And, you know, being a big roots music guy myself, I mean, I'm a big Americana fan, a big yeah. roots music fan. It is cool to to see somebody who is that young, who's passionate and enthusiastic about it because it sort of 
signals that oh this music will continue to go on there will yeah. be new generations that embrace this stuff and and i'm glad to see uh somebody kind of waving that flag well, let's just hope that one day in the not too distant future when she's standing on the cma stage she remembers the songcraft guys yeah i hope so i think uh i think she will i think she i, I think we we made her laugh a couple times i think we uh were um, probably uh, semi-tolerable as uh, out-of-touch old fellows. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's see how we did. Emmy, welcome to Songcraft. Oh, yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. Uh, you actually um, are the first teenager that we've ever had on our show. I think you've been a teenager really? for what? Like you've been a teenager for a month now, is that right? Yes, actually. Yeah. So you are you are you are our first uh teenager and you know, it's it's been a while since Paul and I were teenagers ourselves. Yeah, a couple so, years. Yeah, a couple years. So before we get to uh to your music, we just want to ask you a few questions um about some of your favorite stuff so we can kind of get a sample of, you know, what you're into, what your life's about. Also, because it'll make us feel really old, you know, and we love we love to feel old. Um, so we're just going to ask you some real quick rapid fire stuff and just say the, the, the first thing that pops into your head. So let's start with this one. Favorite cereal? Uh, uh, blueberry. <laughs> oh, excellent choice. No, excellent I, choice. I'm already stuck. I can't go rapid fire. I'm so impressed by that answer. I, I know, right? so hard to find. <laughs> Blueberry is incredible. Okay. Uh, favorite TV show? Uh, probably The Walking Dead. Oh, that's my favorite show. That's yeah, not my favorite I show. Know. It is not Paul's favorite. They it's wear his, the same thing every episode. His wife loves that show, and we always are, are debating because I also love that show. So I am, uh, I am right with you on that one. I would like to retitle that show, Everyone Needs a Shower. <laughs> <laughs> favorite restaurant? Yeah. Uh, probably um, a restaurant where I'm from called... Um, uh, Donna's Old Town Cafe. Ooh, that sounds legit. <laughs> what do they have there? Um, all kinds of uh, food that's made from made from scratch, and it's yeah. um, just a bunch of old time um, cooking and just really good food. Country home, cooking. Home cooking, I guess. Um, okay, so what's your favorite app on your phone? Uh, probably Facebook, I have to say. Right. Yeah, yeah, like that one. That's a, that's a classic. That's a classic. Uh, your favorite actor? Wow. Uh, favorite actor? I'd have to say, um, probably the guy who plays Daryl on Walking Dead. There I we go. That's what he got. I like that guy. Norman Reedus. That's, that's, yeah, uh, yeah that's Norman Reedus. There you go. Yeah, he's a good one. A good choice. All right, so, uh, a couple more, and then we'll let you off the hook. Favorite sport? Uh, probably softball. Softball. Nice. Excellent, excellent. All right, here's the last one. Um, and this isn't really a favorite. This is just a random question. What's the the last song that you listen to? And you got to be honest, even if it's embarrassing. Okay. <laughs> uh, probably the last song I listened to was uh, Tracy Chapman. Um, Remember the Tin Man. Nice, Ooh, wow. Tracy awesome. Chapman. That's uh, that's digging deep. I love it. Love some Tracy Chapman. Well, you are from Madisonville, Tennessee, which is an area of the country that's really rich with musical history. And I understand that you actually wrote your first song when you were just five years old. How'd you get the idea? How did that come together? Well, me and my mom, we've been um, writing songs ever since I could remember. You know, I was about three years old, and wow. me and my mom would write little songs all the time, just little kitty songs, I guess. And then... When I was about five years old, I wrote my first song called My Time to Fly. It's a gospel song, and I hardly ever do it anymore, but it is my first song that I wrote, and I'm still proud of it to this wow. day. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a big part of me. 
That's cool. I'm not proud of the first song I ever wrote, so that's pretty cool <laughs> that you are. <laughs> that's yeah. great. And did you and did you record that song? You know, we haven't recorded it yet. You know, you never you never know what's going to happen with our cities. But we we were I was about five years old, and I didn't really um, do much recording or. I just started getting into the music business, and I started um, to, I thought really just started to um, write songs, and yeah. I guess that uh, after that, I was about seven years old, and I uh, I just kept going, I guess. I started wow. playing ukulele and doing different uh, festivals, churches, and everything. I, wrote, I did my first album. Um, when you were seven? It was called uh, Black Sunday 35, yeah. Okay, wow. Because <laughs> I know that, that back in... in 2014 when you were like nine you got a, a lot of attention thanks to some viral videos on YouTube that you know showed you playing some some classic stuff like Jimmy Rogers Blue Yodel number six Johnny Cash's Folsom Prison Blues and you know I think it probably surprised people to see someone that young who was singing music from decades before you were born what do you think it is that kind of draws you to to that older music as opposed to the more contemporary stuff you know I think my family, you know, I guess that it's the, uh, and me, I guess, this job, it's just a part of um, who I am, my great-grandmother uh, sang, and my grandmother sang, and my dad sings, so it's kind of, kind of always been in my family, my dad, my mom would always play amazing music around the house, mm, yeah, it yeah. wasn't, you know, it wasn't really what was in right now, but it was stuff that, um, that was really good, really good music, you know, I love Buddy Miller, and Jim Lauderdale, and all kinds of people like that, but um, I guess it was just uh, it was people that um, were amazing writers and amazing people, I guess, and yeah. I was just kind of drawn to, yeah, I guess I was drawn to that feeling, you know, yeah. the feeling of the, the love that was put into those songs, you know, every word was um, put in there so thoughtfully, and I think that that's what I like to do when I'm writing, you know, mm. I think when yeah. I start writing, I get all my inspiration I get all my inspiration from the people I'm around, you know, the people that I listen to, the people that I see. It's just inspiration from life. Right, right, right. You know, out of all those people that you've listened to and all that music that you've absorbed, if you could sit down and write a song with anyone, artist or writer, living or dead, um, who would you pick? I guess probably Johnny Cash. Mm. I think that'd be really cool. That'd be I can't imagine what kind of song that would be. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there'd probably be some living in that song, maybe uh, a prison door or two, yeah, a couple yeah. bullets. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you had the opportunity to go on the Today Show uh, when you were nine years old, and, and before you performed, that, that clip is on YouTube, so people can watch it, and before you performed, they ask you who your musical influences were, and you said Buddy Miller, you just mentioned a minute ago, and Mike Ferris, which I thought was really interesting, and I could tell that the, the two hosts of the Today Show that asked you that question had no idea uh, who you were talking about, and those guys are—they're—they're they're not like household names, but they're both immensely uh, talented artists who who are kind of like you. They're more rooted, kind of, in the music of the past than they are kind of what's you know the present. And they do a great job of sort of updating some of that you know kind of classic stuff like you do. But on your American Dream album uh, from 2016, Buddy Miller actually sang a duet with you on one of your original songs, "Carry Me Home." Okay. Talk about 
what what that was like just to get the chance to to meet and work with somebody who's kind of a musical hero I can't explain it. it was I was really the first time I met Buddy I was really starstruck that's about the only person that I've ever met that I've actually been completely starstruck over besides the red land of course yeah but you know red land and uh and we're just two people I just speechless you know yeah, yeah. and when he got to play on my album i was even more speechless <laughs> <laughs> i bet i bet we were actually pretty starstruck to meet uh, loretta lynn on the phone when, yes when we interviewed yes. her like just even not oh, being in yeah. her presence but i was like she's like this is loretta and i was like <laughs> 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 yeah. i know um well you know i want to listen to a little bit of little weeping willow tree which was on your 2014 album black sunday 35 which was released when you were nine So you, you wrote that song with your mom, Alicia. You were mentioning before that you guys have done a lot of writing together. And, and what's really cool about your career is that the whole family is involved. Your dad is Randall. He plays bass with you. Well, yeah. My um, my uncle Bobby, he plays drums for me. And my uh, brother John, he plays mandolin. Tell us about that family dynamic and what it's like making music together as a family. Well, you know, it was a little bit crazy at first, you know, because <laughs> you got your whole family on a bus. You cooped up. Right. Not really... You know how that is. Right. That's you know, crazy. <laughs> yeah, you know, the old cooped up on a bus with a family story. <laughs> yeah. It's, but, you know, it's actually it's actually fun. You know, you get to have all the people that love you all around you and supporting you and yeah. just with you, you know. And I guess that, um, I guess I was kind of drawn to a family band mm. because my, um, my dad and my grandmother and my grandmother run a band called Perfect Joy. Okay. And I formed a group with my dad and my uh, brother when I was about six years old called Perfect Joy Revival. Mm. And for a little while, that's what we were called, right. me and Bobby and John, my dad. And, but I changed the name to Any Sunshine in the Rain when I was about, uh, I guess, seven or eight, something like that, nine. And I actually got the idea from my aunt. Uh, she mm. said, well, how about Amy Sunshine in the Rain? That sounds pretty cool. I think it actually does sound very cool. cool. After yeah. that, it was, it was just uh, it was just us after that. You know, it's just who we were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we, we changed over time, and we do different things now, but, you know, I think we're still the same. You know, the right. same way I was about a few years ago. I think that it's, we're still family, and we... Still fuss and fight sometimes. But, uh, well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I about it. just taking a vacation with my sister in the back seat of the car, and it was all about drawing that invisible line in the back seat. You're not allowed to cross <laughs> this line, which I guess if you do that in a bus is kind of cool. You're like, hey, look, here's your invisible line. I've got the lounge in the back. You got, got my brother up yeah, in the front. Yeah, well, we all, we all got our seats here, so everybody has their space. That's, <laughs> that's <good>. sure. <laughs> Nice, nice. That's important. Well, you've released quite a few albums in the last few years, um, but I know you're really excited about your brand new one, which is called Ragged Dreams. And, you know, there are songs on there like uh, Sinner's Serenade, which is sung from the perspective of a, a prisoner hoping to make parole. And there's another one called Tennessee Killing Song, which is a great title. I'm gonna write me a Tennessee Killing Song 
Um, and your press kit says that you like to write songs about, quote, murder, suicide, and cheating. So, you know, pretty much typical stuff for the average 13-year-old girl. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to assume that you have probably not murdered anyone in real life. So where do you get the inspiration oh, no, for no. some of these darker themes in your in your songs? <laughs> or maybe you no, have murdered I somebody. Know. I don't know. I don't want to assume anything. <laughs> no, no. I, I guess that it just... I guess I started listening to the Leaving Brothers when I was smaller, and mm. it just kind of came part of me, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love the Leaving Brothers. I started listening to that, and after that, I just started writing dark, depressing, and... <laughs> Bad <laughs> songs, and it just went, it went haywire after that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, you listen to that old Leuven Brothers stuff, like Knoxville Girl, and stuff that that is those old murder ballads, and the they're so violent, and you know, it, it is pretty crazy, like so, <laughs> to listen to some of that old stuff, and and you go, well, you know, people sort of raise concern about the content of lyrics now, but those kind of eyebrow raising lyrics, even way back then, you know, it's yeah. pretty strong, like real life, kind of macabre sort of stuff. Yeah, you know, I think that back then I think that we had something really special. You know, I think that we had um, really good writers. Did you yeah. know? I think that sometimes half the people now they don't really get to listen to um, what's really special. You know, I think yeah. that they they're all so caught up in yeah, the yeah. things that are popular right now. They don't get to actually listen to the things that are I think that are very important. Yeah, you're kind of you know, trying to that, um, trying to point people sort of back to the past a little bit with your music. Yeah, I mean, they need to get more in touch with the roots, I think. Yeah. And I think that it's a part of who we are. We need to embrace it. You know? Yeah, it's true. I mean, it, it becomes more than just even just writing what's on your mind at the time, but sort of taking the responsibility of, like, I'm going to carry a tradition here. I'm, I'm going to, you know, I think that this type of music is important. I want the world to still have some of it. Um, you know, one of the really interesting songs on the album is Strong Armed Robbery, which is sung from the perspective of a ghost who's plotting her revenge against her killer. Tell us about writing that song. Well, I wrote that song with a good friend of mine. mine his name's Fish Fisher. I wrote that song, Me, My Mom, and Him. And this was my first uh, time co-writing with somebody else besides my mom. And hmm. I was a little bit nervous. <laughs> sure. And I went with my mom, and we started writing. And he said to me, well, any, I'm sure you don't want him to see it coming when... Um, when we kill him off, do you want him to see it coming? Or no? I don't think you would, would you? And he, I said, no. No, I want him to see it coming. <laughs> and that's kind of like where that, that kind of idea came in. I want him to see it coming. Yeah, yeah. Whole thing. And, that's twisted. And it kind of made that song what it is. You know, that one little <laughs> line, you know, right. I want him to see it coming. You were kind of nervous going in until you guys started talking about death, and you're like, "Oh, I'm good." Oh yeah, yeah. Good. Death, we got ghosts and murder. I'm good. Yeah, I think I think it's The Walking Dead. I think The Walking Dead has got you uh, has got you into all this dark stuff. Uh, I, I I I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But, uh, I've always been drawn to it for some yeah. reason, and I think I'm really thankful for it though, because it's it's made me who I am and better that I am today. So I love death songs too. I've actually got kind of a high body count. Uh, in my song catalog as well. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, death's an important part. And of not life, everybody deserved it either in mine. That's what I feel kind of bad about. There's a, there's a few people that, that passed away that probably shouldn't have. 
Well, you know, there's uh, another song on your record uh, called Katie Bell, which is very much kind of in that um, murder ballad kind of vein, like we were talking about, like the Lubin brothers and, and, and that sort of stuff. But, you know, I don't want to give people the impression that murder and death are the only things that you write and sing about, because that is definitely uh, not true. Um, you have, have also been moved to write some some great songs, such as uh, As the Waters Rise and Resting Place, which are both responses to some uh, recent natural disasters. Tell us a little bit about, about those songs and, and how you came to write them. Well, Resting Place, um, well, I wrote that song when I was up in um, Gatlinburg, Tennessee, Pigeon Forge. We were there around the, the time that all those fires were going on up there. And yeah. We were so nervous about what was going on, and the fire marshal came up to us and said, oh, no, nothing's going to happen. You guys are just fine. <laughs> right. 20 minutes later, guy comes up to us and says, oh, you guys have to evacuate. Wow. Fires are coming right now, and it's, it's the wind's blowing a certain way now, and it's gonna coming this way, and we're afraid wow. it might hit this campground. It's pretty scary. And we, we were left up there, all the girls, me, my mom, and my aunt, and, well, my uh, little cousin, Tate, little baby, who was there, and my best friend. Hmm. And none of us I mean, really, not, I don't think any of us knew how to drive a bus. <laughs> oh, and and we, we were just stuck. And we, they said, we'll give you about 20 minutes to get out of there. Wow. And, well, if you can't get this bus out, then you'll have to leave it. Oh, wow. And we just got this thing, and we were really nervous about it. And, yeah. Well, this guy came up to us, and he said, well... I can drive y'all's bus out of here and get y'all to a safer place, like a Walmart or something like that, and my wife can uh, drive our little RV that we have over here. And they weren't even packed. They had to pack all their stuff up, too, and yeah. they were they just got there, pretty much. And, yeah, yeah. And they told us they would do that for us, and wow. we got to a safe place, and we we don't even know who they are. They mm, they, wow. they They did all that for us, and... We don't even know who they are, and we hope that they heard all the stories that we've told about them mm. and all their kindness and everything, but, yeah. you know, you never know. And, well, there was this thing on the news that night about this guy who, um, his wife and kids were lost in the fires, and they were trying to find them. Right. And we waited a few days, and uh, they found them. They passed away, and mm. they got caught in their house, and they didn't make it out, and we wrote this. We wrote that song about him and his wife and his children. So. That song is pretty much for them, and and I guess for the rest of Gatlinburg, because I felt like they really needed it. You know, you're, you're certainly beginning to rack up the life experiences. You know, when it when it comes to those things that that feed into your creativity as a songwriter, and some of those are, you know, like you're pointing out, they're tough experiences. You go through scary things, or hard things, or loss. Um, but then, you know, creators usually find a way to turn those situations into songs and into expressions, and to things that can be helpful or beautiful. Um, I know there's a song called 90 Miles on your new album. 
um, inspired by a friend of yours and something that they're dealing with. Um, talk a little bit about that. Yes. Well, uh, I wrote this song for kids who have autism, ADHD, all of that, you know, and I mostly wrote the song for autism because mm. I have a friend who has autism, and when I met him, um, none of the other kids would like to play with him, and he was left all alone, and I started playing with him, and we had a really good time, and I thought he was awesome, but none of the kids would even look at him, you know, I think they were scared of him because he had autism. Yeah. And... You know, I think that kids are scared of things that they don't know, and so are adults. You know, I think that that's why people look at them weird, and they they treat them differently, and I don't think that's right. Yeah. I yeah. think they shouldn't be scared of something they just don't know. Wow. And I wrote this song about that, and I wrote this song for my friend Will. But I'm sitting in your classroom, I'm in your pew at church, think my mama owns my discipline might work Will you save me in the grocery with my head between my knees Oh tell me do you think I'm crazy Is there something wrong with me And you know I wrote this song for every kid who has a problem any any person who has a problem you yeah, know, I think that it's, yeah. it's for anybody you know it's, it's a song for when things are going wrong or if you have somebody in your family that's has this, or I think it's just—it's just for you. you know, I think it's, mm. I think it's anybody who has a problem. You know, you mentioned your your friend Will, and then you mentioned a minute ago in the other story about the at the campground. You said your best friend was was with you. I, I'm actually kind of curious about your friends because you're a a pretty unique. Uh, 13-year-old girl, you know, I think the things that you're interested in are not the typical things that most kids uh, your age are interested in. So, like, your best friend, for instance, does she, like, come over and you guys listen to old Leuven Brothers records, or do you have a hard time finding, like, kids your age that are into the same stuff as you? You know, we we listen to each other's things, you know, hmm. I think that it's, I think that if you, I think you can find the good in every kind of music, you yeah, know, I think yeah. that you can listen to something and find what you lock into it. So we'll listen to each other's music and we'll find the good that we lock about it. Yeah. And eventually we'll come to love it. That's cool. I think that's a good kind of friend to have because, you know, my mom told me, well, there's going to be some people who are just going to be your friend because you're in your sunshine. Hmm. But Kayla, no, she wants to be my friend because even, she be- she became my friend before any of this um, video stuff hit and yeah, right. me doing all this you know she 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 was there before and she's here now so if she's still with me now then i guess she's gonna be with me forever because you know i think that everybody's got to um be, be there for somebody in the hard times and the good times i actually became friends with my co-host paul here uh many years ago because i i hoped that he was going to be famous one day <laughs> and uh it, it didn't work out it, but we're still, friends, no. we're still friends we're still friends i want to uh ask you there's a song called uh, danny ray on your album that was uh used in the documentary film promised land which recently debuted at the Cannes film festival and i understand that you actually uh, are in the film and that you even got to travel to to Cannes for the premiere tell us about that Yes, we got to travel there, and I just couldn't believe that I was there. It's, it's a little bit different. Yeah, you it know? is. It's a lot different. And when we you don't get that there, country cooking there. No, you don't get the country cooking. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there was amazing food over there. We we ate our way through France. We ate all kinds nice. of stuff, little pastries, everything Ooh, nice. we could find. <laughs> but, was that your first trip out of the U.S.? Yeah, well, one nice. of the first trips, yeah, I went to... Um, I went to Canada before, and 
I guess this is my first time that I got to um, really go somewhere this amazing. You know, I mean, yeah. Canada's awesome. Yeah, but it's no I France. Let's be honest. That I got. Yeah, but it's France. I mean, it's France. <laughs> right. <laughs> Canada's like diet France. <laughs> It's like sugar-free France. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get in trouble with Canada. (laughs) Well, you know, you travel and perform quite a bit. I mean, you you play shows, you travel all over the country, even sometimes out of the country, you know, like you said. How does that work with, like, school and and homework and all the other stuff that kids your age have to do? Well, yeah, I'm homeschooled, actually, so that kind of covers it all for me. (laughs) Yeah, that takes care of that. Who, who homeschools really you, your mom or your dad? My mom, my dad sometimes, my aunt, my uncle, all of them help out a little bit. Nice, nice. So are you ever, like, your mom and you are in a homeschooling session and, like, you're you're working on, you know, social studies and she says a line she's like, honey, that would be a good line for a song. And <laughs> you're like, totally. Title. All right, set the homework aside. We're going to, like, write this song right now. We have done that before, actually. <laughs> nice, nice. I you know, like it's it. a little bit of um, homework with uh, writing. You know, I think that it's. Uh, I think you put yeah. it all together. You get your your writing in for today, and you got your <laughs> right. social studies in. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, and writing's educational so, too. Totally. Yes, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that we haven't mentioned yet, which is actually a a fairly you know, amazing and impressive thing is that you actually produced your album Ragged Dreams yourself. I mean, that pretty much means that when you're in the studio, you're the boss. Um, um, That's right. Right? But, I mean, you're still working with family. So, uh, you know, you got one moment in the day you're in charge in the studio and you're kind of calling the shots and then you kind of got to maybe go back. Your mom's your teacher and your mom and all that. <laughs> How does it work to sort of go back and forth to being a shot caller and then having to kind of go back and be the baby of the family? Yeah, the cool thing is I'm not the baby in the family anymore. Oh, so nice, nice. It's all good now. For so you me. got somebody you can boss around 24 hours a day now. <laughs> yes. Nice. I actually have a little cousin who travels with us. Perfect. Um, he's my aunt's little baby, and we all get to boss him around. So nice. I'm not much the baby anymore, but um, I, you know, I, I think it's good. You know, I, I get to go back on the bus, and I get to be a kid and I get to go back to the studio and do what I love you know I think it's going back and forth and that's fine for me you know everybody has their different kind of lifestyle and this is mine you know I think that it's people ask me all the time you never get to be a kid do you and I'm like yes I get to be a kid I get to go to all these amazing places and do all these amazing things what kid wouldn't want to do that right it's like Disneyland every day yeah (laughs) I get I get to be like an amazing kid I get to have an amazing kid life it's pretty awesome (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and then if your dad like makes you clean your room or something, then you can be a little hard on him later in the studio. Like, I'm not sure that bass is quite. Uh... <laughs> and you know, it's actually funny on the bus because I'm usually the one telling them to clean everything. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> this is my bus. So yeah. uh, you run a you run a tight ship. I see. I see. <laughs> That's funny. Um, well, you know, another thing we haven't mentioned is that it, it seems your instrument of choice is the ukulele, which is, is not really one of the more common instruments in country and, and Americana music. Um, why do you think that's kind of become your go-to as opposed to, you know, a guitar or piano or, or an instrument that, you know, you sort of see people playing more often? You know, I want to be, I want to be different. You know, I think that, I think sometimes different is good and sometimes it isn't. You know, mm. I think, but in this case, I think that it's, uh, I think it's good too, and it helped me out when I was smaller because, well, I couldn't really um, 
play the guitar because my fingers were too small and yeah. it was a little bit harder for me, so I started yeah. playing ukulele. I started playing ukulele before it was cool to play ukulele. <laughs> everybody now, they're getting your, the ukuleles and they're yeah. playing their little songs, and I think that it was... Um, they're copying I mean, you. It's, I, it's more of a thing now. I think yeah. it's more of a thing now to play ukuleles, but... Um, Yes, I'm cool. <laughs> you were ukulele when ukulele wasn't cool. All those Johnny Come Lalies. Yes. <laughs> Even watching you play, like on one of the clips, like it, it almost had like a Willie Nelson feel, like because it had really? that sort of gut string kind of lead thing you were doing. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. cool. This, this even it, even though it's not a traditional instrument, it kind of gave me a traditional vibe when you played lead on that ukulele. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I started playing guitar now some more, and you know, I think I, I'm starting to play more instruments. I'm starting to play mandolin. I'm playing guitar i'm starting to play harmonica i'm branching out while i'm playing and nice. i'm writing songs on all kinds of different things and nice. writing cool. new songs for my new album so you're writing so, new stuff now huh yes you know i'm always i'm always writing i'm always wow. writing with my mom writers so right we might right. get a little bit we might we might get a little line every now and then we, we'll say oh we should probably put this in a song and <laughs> oh look at that we should probably um, think about making that into a song you know yeah you know looking back to one of the earlier songs that you wrote, you got some attention for your song, I Am Able. Tell us a little bit about that one and some of the cool stuff that happened with that song. That's another song I really wrote for um, kids with different disabilities, you know, mm. kids who are in wheelchairs, kids who um, that are blind, I guess, kids who can't hear that are deaf, you know, I think that it's, uh, that's that song's for um, kids like that, you know, I yeah. think that the same thing, you know, kids get picked on for so many different things, mm. and I don't think that's right, and I, I got to um, write this song for a book called The Able, mm. and they asked me to write this. And we had, I think it was a few days, and we got this song done about 10, 20 minutes, and you know, we put it out there, and we've loved it ever since. Yeah. You know, I think that's that's kind of like where um, 90, 90 Miles came from, too. I think that it came from, well, trying to walk in their shoes, you know, kind of hmm. to be like, well, why do they always look at me weird? You know, why do they always make fun of me, the kids. Why do they always, why do adults in different places look at me the same way the kids do? You know, yeah. I think that it's, and you know, think about it, I think that's very immature for the mm. adult because, well, they should understand. Yeah. And I think that people, they just get scared. Right. And I think that's the one reason why people are always against um, kids that are different or people that are different. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like in a way you're able to identify with that scenario because because you get a lot of attention as well. I mean, the attention you get is positive attention, but in a way you sort of know what it feels like to have all eyes on you. And maybe you can sort of be like, wow, what would it feel like if all eyes were on me, but it was not positive? That was kind of like what I was thinking, you know. Um, <clears throat> in a way, I can kind of um, relate to those kids because I'm dyslexic and mm. I uh, had a really hard time in kindergarten. And the t- it wasn't really the kids being mean to me as much. I mean, the kids were mean, but uh, it's mostly the teachers. Wow. Hmm. And, you know, they anybody who's different or anybody that dresses different, anybody that can't 
Stella's good or Reed is good as the other other people. I mean, they they treat you bad. Yeah. yeah. I think because they're scared. Mm. And I think that fear is a big problem for adults. Yeah. And for even for smaller children, I think that it's I think it's not cool. I think that people shouldn't be scared of people that are different and I think that um everybody should just um love each other, you know. Mm. I think that it's not right and when I was smaller, I didn't think it was right then either. So yeah, that's mostly yeah. the reason I wrote 90 Miles and I am able hmm. because I feel like we should all be able to look each other the same way. Right, yeah. right. Words to live by. Well, you know, we've talked a lot about tradition and, and the past and sort of music that's influenced you, but part of that is one of the really cool things you've gotten to do is is perform on the Grand Ole Opry, and, and you've gotten to do it a lot at this point. Um, what does that experience mean to you? Well... When I first played at the Grand Ole Opry, I was so scared. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what to do. I was I kept asking my mom, well, what am I supposed to say? What do I need to say? What, what, do I, what do I say to these people? You know, and she was like, you'll know when you're up there. <laughs> and she told me a few little things. And, and for a minute, I was just out there, and I felt like I could, could hardly even breathe. You know, I felt like I was... Mm went out on that stage and I was looking around me at all those people and I felt like I felt like I was powerless for a second because mm. I just couldn't think right Yeah. and yeah. even thinking about that first time I played I could hardly even think right <laughs> because that's the main place I always wanted to play Yeah. Yeah. and it's, it's home it's, it's home for so many musicians and I think to myself well I don't want to get out there and be a shooting star because a shooting star will just pass along and you'll never see it again. Mm, yeah. And I want to be a planet, I thought to myself. I want to be a mm. planet and I want to be big and I want to do good for these people and I want to shine bright because I want to show these people a really good time. And yeah. I got out there and I was standing in that circle and for a minute I felt like I was, I felt like I was on an airplane actually. Mm. I felt like I was on an airplane and you're going off and you're a little bit scared but once you're up there and you're looking around you and you realize you're fine you know you belong and well you're just able to sit down and well just breathe you start flying I started yeah, yeah I started <laughs> singing and I was fine after that That's ever cool. since wow. I always get a little bit of butterflies in my stomach every time I play it there, but once I get out there, I'm fine. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's really Because cool. I know I'm home. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people uh, who have played the Opry probably a million times that still get butterflies walking on that stage. I mean, that's pretty. That's a pretty sacred place. Yeah. It sure is. Well, you know, on your 2015 album, Strong as the Tall Pines, you covered Rolling in the Deep by Adele. And Adele is one of those artists that I, I feel like everybody can appreciate Adele, even like, you know, my rock friends and my country friends and... And, you know, but, she, you know, she's different than the artists that we've talked about, talking about Buddy Miller and the Leuven Brothers. Um, she, you know, she's outside the traditional country genre. Are there other artists that are kind of in the more, like, pop or, or soul world or anything that you like to listen to outside of country? I really love blues, too. Hmm. That's one thing I really love. You know, yeah. I love blues and the soul. I love the soul music and the oh. really beautiful voice, voices like Dale has. You know, yeah. I think that it's, is strong and I think that it's um I can I can appreciate any voice that's strong yeah. you know I can appreciate that you can find the things you like yeah. in different yeah. things and well you can 
you can sing a song by Adele, you can sing a song by Buddy Miller. If you like it, then you can sing it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that it doesn't matter what genre it is. I think that it matters if, if it fits you. Yeah. You know, I think that it's... And that's why I, I've never really thought that I've been able to um, fit in the genre. Hmm. You know, because I do all kinds of different kind of music. Yeah. yeah, I play bluegrass, I play Americana, I play... I play country, I play blues, I play about everything. Yeah. And I've never really been able to fit in a genre as well as other people. And I think that um, for a little while I was just trying to find a place, you know. Yeah. And But now I just think to myself, I'm playing any sunshine music. That's what I'm playing. <laughs> exactly. Make your own genre. You know, even though a lot of your music is rooted in the past, you've really built up your fan base thanks to modern technology, you know, specifically social media, YouTube, Facebook. Um you have over half a million followers on Facebook and, and thousands more subscribers on YouTube. Are you pretty involved in kind of the hands-on managing of your, your social media and your online stuff? Yes, actually. Uh, we mostly do uh, all of our social media. And my brother helps me out a little bit. You gotta, you, gotta, you gotta have a little bit of help every now and then because it's hard to keep up with <laughs> right. everything, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Half a million followers are kind of hard to... Keep up with all their emails right. and all their right. all their little messages and everything. Yeah, so yeah. you gotta have your mom to go over that. And right. Me do the posts and John do the uh, managing of the posts and. Cool. I think that it's it's a team effort. So yeah, <laughs> I oh, guess yeah. social media is a hard hard to keep up with for me. Yeah, yeah the whole thing's a family affair. <laughs> it sure is. Yeah, from top to bottom, that's cool. And and you know, plus, I mean, you're you're not 12 anymore, so uh, you know, you're you're not you're not as young as you once were. So keeping up with modern technology is a challenge. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. That was. <laughs> well, uh, Emmy, it's been uh, a real honor for us to have the chance to uh, to chat with you and uh, to oh, hear yeah, yeah. about your your music and your songwriting. And I know that uh, our listeners will want to go check out that. Uh, brand new Ragged Dreams album and uh, and hey keep watching Walking Dead <laughs> awesome <laughs> thanks so much thank you thanks for listening we'd love to stay connected with you so please sign up for our email list at songcraftshow.com like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter you can find us by searching for Songcraft Show and we look forward to getting together again with you next time for Songcraft Conversations with Great Songwriters